Hey folks, Andy Patton here, joined today by Gonzaga baseball pitching coach Brandon Harmon to discuss the Zags opening weekend, preview the upcoming season, and talk recruiting, West Coast baseball, and the rise of analytics, all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, ready to take you through another season of Gonzaga Athletics. I want to sincerely thank all of you who make this podcast your first listen of the day. Those of you who've checked out the show on YouTube as well, go to youtube.com, search Locked on Zags, hit that subscribe button if you have not already. Sincerely appreciate seeing the YouTube channel grow as the season continues to go on. But today we're talking about something a little bit different, changing things up a bit, switching to talking about baseball with this interview with Gonzaga baseball pitching coach Brandon Harmon. While Gonzaga basketball rolls into March and the WCC tournament, the Gonzaga baseball team got off to a nice start over the weekend with wins over New Mexico and Cal down in Arizona. Today is a very special episode as I am joined by Gonzaga's pitching coach, Brandon Harmon, now in his 13th season with the Zags. Brandon, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me and... uh... Yeah, excited to talk to X baseball. Absolutely. So I, I got to be honest, man, I was just tired looking at the first weekend schedule. You guys got five games in, three-day period. Uh, to finish that out by having this epic come-from-behind victory over Cal when the guys had already played four games in two days, a really, really nice start to the season. Uh, main question for you and, and uh, hope for, for Zags fans to kind of get a good opportunity to learn about this team is just how did you feel coming out of that first weekend? Yeah, I mean, it was maybe a little bit aggressive playing, you know, five games in, in four days there. But, um, yeah, I, I think there was a lot of things coming out of week one that uh, were encouraging. And there was a lot of things that we uh, can identify to keep getting better at. But, yeah, we played some really good competition. And, you know, Oregon State had our had our number there for a couple mm-hmm. times. But I think that was, a, that was good for us. And it's going to help make us better here going forward uh, with the season. But, you know, a really exciting group that I think uh, – Zags, Zags Nation's going to like here as the season gets going. So, absolutely, and not not a ton of rest. You guys, you guys don't get a lot of a lot of opportunities to really catch your breath here because you guys got Cal State Fullerton coming up this weekend. You got UW on Tuesday. Then you're hitting the road again against Oklahoma State. Obviously, playing in a cold weather area like like Spokane must make it a little bit easier, or more difficult to get all those games in because you can't start the home schedule for a while. Uh, how do you guys get? the players prepared for a really lengthy amount of travel early in the season and kind of put, putting the brunt of the schedule on them kind of right at the get go. Yeah. It's uh part of the byproduct of just, like you said, being in Spokane, we're, we're mm-hmm. a little bit on an Island up here and, and being in a, a cold weather school, but um, it's worked out to be really advantageous for us here over the last few years. And, you know, not only are we getting on the road, but we're getting on the road and playing, um, really good teams you know Oklahoma State just took two out of three from Vanderbilt I think they're ranked fourth mm-hmm. um, now and I, I, I think that part of it's just really kudos to to my boss coach Maktoff and, and to our administration for signing up to go play nationally ranked teams and getting our team prepared um, early in the year and you know as far as the guys that we, we kind of just set that as the expectation and they don't mm-hmm. they don't really know any better it's like right. hey we're gonna go go play on the road and um, 
you know, and just make it that this is our reality and we're going to go do it. They, they, they seem to answer that challenge. And then there's some advantages to being on the road too. You get to just focus on, on playing and not maybe some of that, the, the external type stuff that you have to at home. Absolutely. I wonder too, and I know a lot of Gonzaga sports fans are going to think about things through the lens of basketball because that's where a lot of people have kind of come to their fandom with this school. And and with basketball, obviously, one of the challenges that Gonzaga faced for a long time that they no longer face is uh, trying to schedule tough non-conference opponents, you know, and it's and with the baseball team, obviously, you guys have done a, a tremendous job with, like we talked about with Oklahoma State, Fullerton in the Big West, you know, a, a high-profile program. You got UW, you got Oregon on the schedule, Oregon State, obviously. Is that a, a, a more unique challenge to baseball? Is it a little bit easier to get some of those games? Uh, and, and how do you how do you feel it helps prepare the guys for for what's going to be a challenging WCC slate as well? For sure. You know, I, I think we're in kind of a unique spot if you just look at the last five or six years that I think I think some of those really high-profile schools kind of look at us as a sweet spot that, mm-hmm. you know, they know we're going to be in the, you know, we've been in the top two in our league five of the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a bring up, we bring a good RPI into, into the, the equation as well. So um, that part's been better. We've had a lot of, you know, acceptance when we, when we reach out to schools about getting a chance to play. And, mm-hmm. you know, and honestly, kind of like I said, it's twofold for us. It's, um, it's building a resume um, and trying to get it, you know, where we can get that large berth, which last year we would have been in that range if we wouldn't have got that automatic berth by winning the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it, it prepares us for, like you said, a, a tough WCC schedule. Um, and it gets our guys, you know, this weekend we, you know, down in, at the Oregon State Tournament, we played in front of 3,500 orange and black, and it wasn't necessarily easy for our guys right off the bat, but that's going to make them better here um, going forward. No different than it's going to be at Oak State, at Missouri. Get, just getting them in some uncomfortable environments because that's, you know, that's what you want to do. You want to get on, get on, that, uh, on that stage. For fans who are stepping into the scene this year, I, I know last year, obviously, there was a lot of attention on, on some of the higher-profile players. Alec Jacob, obviously, and his no-hitter. Brett Harris had a fantastic season. Uh, those guys are gone, and so for fans who are kind of coming back into the season, who are, who are some names, who are some players who, who may have already gotten off to really hot starts or who we expect to have really, really promising seasons in Spokane this year? Yeah, um, we, we have some more guys that I think are going are gonna to pop on the radar. I think it starts probably with Gabriel Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, Pitched for the national team last summer, or the collegiate national team. Um, you know, it's going to be a really high-profile draft pick this, uh, you know, this upcoming uh, July. And he he had a had a great start on opening night. Um, gave us six great innings, punched out ten. Um, behind him, we have you know two or three really exciting arms as well. Tristan Vrigling, who was probably our main bullpen arm, um, stepped in to be you know in that starting role. William Kempner, another guy. I mean. All, all those guys are mid-90s fastballs, exciting, exciting type stuff. But, and then offensively, um, you know, Grayson Sterling had a, a great start to the year, um, hitting in the middle of our order. Um, Tyler Rando, a returning catcher that um, was actually out with an oblique injury here this, this week one. We hope to get him back, but he, we look to him to be a centerpiece of our lineup. And, you know, and a lot of other guys are just going you know, to continue to step up and, and, and kind of just trying to reload, not necessarily just, you know, want to just keep it going. All right, thanks once again to Brandon for joining me today. We're going to come back in the second segment and talk a little bit about Gonzaga's success developing big league talent and how that has impacted them on the recruiting trail. But first, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. 
There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you look at the amount of success that Gonzaga's, uh, particularly on the pitching side, because I know that that's your area. Uh, obviously, tons of guys who have uh, played professional baseball. You know, we talked about Jacob, obviously, who's out with the Padres now. But then you have guys up all the way up into the big leagues like Eli, Brandon Bailey, Wyatt Mills, of course, Marco, who's been there for a while now. Uh, how do you how do you think that those guys, you know, reaching the, the pinnacle of baseball and pitching and representing Gonzaga at that stage? How do you think that helps? You know, obviously, from a recruiting perspective for you guys, and also just can you kind of help convince the guys on your team, like, hey, like this is the path, like this is the future that you guys can have. Like we've proven time and time again that we can put guys. You know, they're not just going to get into the minor leagues; they're going to extend up the levels and get all the way up into the big leagues. One hundred percent. I mean, it's 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 full circle there. Where yeah, it starts in the recruiting process. That hey, look, there's a there's a roadmap to get to where you want to be, and you can do that at Gonzaga. Um, and then those guys, you talk about Bailey and Morgan and Marco and Wyatt. And, you know, we've had some other really, you know, Daniel Bees, mm-hmm. Casey Legamina, those type of guys. Um, it helps breeds that culture of, you know, how you need to work. And it, it kind of just gets passed down. And I'm, obviously I try to have a, <laughs> you know, a role in that. But a, a lot of it's player driven, too, that mm-hmm. they, they see what it takes to develop that routine and, and to keep getting better. And, you know, one guy I want to make sure I give a special shout out to on that is, our strength coach Nick Carlone mm-hmm. um, does an outstanding job in that regard too. Uh, I've just that's a big part of the equation too of getting those guys better in their time here in Spokane. So, absolutely, and, and you know we talk about uh, the non-conference slate obviously and how how challenging that's going to be for this team kind of early on. But we talked about how it's going to prep for the WCC slate in Gonzaga. You know, once again picked to be the leaders in the WCC have been up near the top for. The better half of the decade, but this is a good baseball conference, and obviously a, a lot of teams that play in really sunny areas of California, which always helps. But uh, uh, I'm curious, just kind of your look at, at the WCC this year, and which teams you kind of expect are are, are going to give you guys some really good games and, and challenge you guys up at the top. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, the top of that list, you probably look at you know University of San Diego. They were a game behind us last year. Mm-hmm. They just came out and had a great opening weekend. Took three out of four from Oregon. Um, wow. BYU, I think, was picked to finish second. They're going to be right there. Um, you know, those are probably the, the two main teams. University of Portland, I think, is kind of a sneaky uh, mm-hmm. dark horse. They just swept Creighton for a four-game series to start the year. They have a lot of returners, so um, it's it's a it's been a really balanced league. I alluded to the you know five of the last five years we've been first or second. I think four of those years, mm-hmm. first or second, separated by a game. Yeah. So, um, and that's where you know getting this challenging non-conference I think helps prepare us for that because as you know in baseball weird, weird things happen sometimes so get building up some, some resiliency and learning how to, to handle when things don't go great is a, is a big skill in our game. You know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately with the, the emergence of, of West Coast baseball in general. You know, obviously you know, 15 years ago or so, Oregon State really kind of exploded onto the map and then Oregon started their program and kind of helped 
generate some interest in the West Coast. And, and obviously the, the Big West has always been a prominent bas- uh, baseball, excuse me, conference. And I'm curious how you think just the growth of baseball on the West Coast, how much that has helped Gonzaga from a recruiting perspective, from just a, a talent perspective and getting the opportunity to play some of those programs that, you know, they're not all concentrated on the East Coast anymore. There's a lot of really good baseball out here uh, that you guys have the opportunity to go play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think the success of Oregon State, um, you know, a little bit of a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. One, it shows you that, yeah, you can do it up in the north. And that was always the stigma. I think even when I was going through the recruiting process back in the early 2000s, was, mm-hmm. you're up north, you can't do it there, and this mm-hmm. and that. Um, they've kind of proven that wrong. They've, mm-hmm. they've got it going on. Um, on the flip side, <laughs> from the recruiting side of things, with a northwest kid, it's mm-hmm. it's quite a battle when, they, when yeah. they get in the in the picture as well but you know we've we've won a couple of those battles here and it's a mm-hmm. uh, it's good and healthy and so um but i do i think they've they've done a phenomenal job and then if you look up the midwest michigan has kind of done it on that end so mm-hmm. i think showing people that hey yeah it's you know i'll be honest with you here it's uh, we got off the plane last night and it was 15 degrees with two inches of snow and it was <laughs> it was 80 in arizona it's not perfect but it's mm-hmm. we, we know a formula how to how to how to combat that and how to keep getting our guys better. And so, um, yeah, so I, I, I would tip our cap a lot to, to the Beavers of that. They, you know, they started that in 05 and mm-hmm. have kind of kept it going. Kind of speaking on that that formula for success, uh, baseball in, in general has become very analytically focused. You know, that's kind of been a movement that has has picked up a lot of steam recently and is starting to make its way into the collegiate level. I'm curious, uh, you know, without giving away too many industry secrets, I imagine, uh, how much your your staff and your team are doing in terms of, of data collection, uh, specifically on the pitching side, where I know that there's been just tons of movements, obviously, with driveline located in the state, uh, but various other kind of technology to to advance spin rates and pitch design and sequencing and those kinds of things. How much you, you know, you, you don't want to lean on that too much. Obviously you still have, you know, more general pitching uh, advice to give, but I'm curious kind of how, how you as a coach balance that and how you've seen that work with, with your athletes. Yeah. We're, we're trying to give our guys as many um, opportunities and as many advantages as we can. And so, you know, I would definitely say the, the technology piece is, is a piece of the puzzle for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not, hundred percent on it. Like there's a lot of, like you alluded mm-hmm. to, there's still the human element, mm-hmm. um, still the strength element, but yeah, we, we study spin rates. We, st- we study exit velocities. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of make fun of our position, you know, positioning guys on this, but you know, we do some virtual reality type stuff oh, yeah. where they can actually put the deal on and, and see opposing pitchers. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. They're literally mm-hmm. walking around with their headsets on on that. <laughs> um, and, but, but just all those type of things. And that's one thing that, you know, I'll, I'll go back to our administration. They're supporting us on those. Those things obviously aren't cheap, mm-hmm. um, but those are some ways I think to help level the playing field a little bit. For you know, we're not going to be on the field here the next two days. We're going to be inside right. in the cages in a, in a controlled environment. So finding those little ways to maybe get an edge that you lose by not being on the field here. And so um, we definitely take all that stuff into uh, into consideration as as much as we can. And at the end of the day end of the day trying to give our uh, our players as many as many chances to get better as we can so all right, two segments down, one to go. In the third segment, Brandon and I are going to talk about the baseball team's new powder blue uniforms, which caused quite the stir on Twitter, as well as the impact new NIL rules have had on the sport of baseball so far. Before we get there, though, let's talk about today's sponsor, Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. 
With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while a person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Plus, Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. I just had my 13-year-old car serviced recently, and I can tell you having one place to find all the parts I need makes things infinitely easier. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Brandon, uh, the last thing that I want to talk to you about, Gonzaga debuted some new uniforms this year. They are powder blue. They have an incredibly cool logo on the side. Uh, some of the, the coolest Gonzaga uniforms of any sport that I have seen in a long time. How do those come together? Is there any opportunity? I know people are going to ask me this, so I have to ask you this. Is there any opportunity for people to acquire this gear in some capacity, uh, purchase it somehow? Because I know people want to want to wrap the powder blue baseball jerseys. Yeah, um, they're pretty sweet. Um, I, I guess they kind of have a little bit of the uh, the Minnesota Twins retro look mm-hmm. to them. Um, you know, that that was a, a brain trust of, of <laughs> actually. Uh, this is I'm going to give them a little dig here, but that Coach Mack actually signed off on that. He's not always the guy that's mm-hmm. pushed the envelope with the fashion, and he mm-hmm. he really wanted those. And so, um, as far as buying them, I'm going to I'm going to have to defer to, to our, our marketing on that and mm-hmm. see what we can get going. Uh, Maybe there's a good NIL opportunity there go. for for someone there. I'm gonna help with that. So, um, but we we can we can see if we can get that going because yeah, they uh, when we debuted those last week. They uh, they got a lot of interactions on yeah. social media. It's pretty fun. So. I, I, yeah, I, I can I can understand why they look really really cool. And, and we're still missing the like everything in the world right now. The supply chain is mm-hmm. is still all jumbled. So we we have a really sweet retro hat to go with them too. So hopefully we. We have those here in the next couple of weeks, so uh, I think that'll even add to it. Oh, that I guarantee you when that hat comes out, that's going to be another popular day on social <laughs> media because people are going to love that for sure. Uh, Brandon, one more thing, actually, because you brought it up, and it's uh, something I've been meaning to ask about as well with the NIL. Uh, obviously, uh, for Gonzaga fans and for the majority of the college sports landscape, uh, the NIL has been focused on football and basketball. Uh, for baseball, I'm curious, uh, again, without ratting out all of your players, like how that has changed and potentially altered uh, your work as a coach and what the players uh, have been doing uh, with this new opportunity. I know it's less than a year old, so I don't know how much you've seen yeah. of it yet, but I'm curious. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it hasn't changed a ton of things for us. I, honestly, for our sport, um, I think down in the SEC, you're seeing maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. of the basketball model of guys just getting you know a nice a nice little paycheck for mm-hmm. their for their name. Um, for our guys, we have two or three that have gotten a little small chunk on you know a couple autograph deals, mm-hmm. but the, for the majority of them, I think it actually serves the purpose of giving them a chance to actually work where mm-hmm. they can use you know their name to if they want to do a camp or a, mm-hmm. a clinic. It actually gives them an opportunity. They still have to go do the work, but it allows mm-hmm. them to work it themselves. Which I think is, yeah, that's that's a that's a really good deal and a really good opportunity for them. And some of and a lot of our guys looked at it like 
yeah, I'm good. I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to sign up. And someone said, hey, that's that's a good chance for me. So mm-hmm. I think it's healthy, healthy for sure. Absolutely. I you know, I used to work in I worked at University of Portland and I worked at Seattle U uh, in the in higher education in the athletics side. And a lot of the athletes would ask like, hey, I want to get a job. And like just just being able to find them work was so difficult because of this. And now opening that up just seems like even if it's not, you know, directly you know, they're making these huge amounts of money because of their name. They're still getting opportunities, which to me just, it was crazy to see some of these kids who were like struggling to get jobs because they were afraid that they would get in trouble when it's like, they're just trying to make some money. Like, it seems so silly that it was such a, a, a challenge for them. For, for sure. I mean, this, this hopefully helps streamline it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the NCAA definitely makes you, the, there's hoops you got to jump through. On yeah. this. Like I said, I think it's healthy for our guys to be able, if they want to pursue it, they they can definitely go do it. They, they just have to be the ones to initiate the work. So. All right, Brandon, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, Zag's got home opener coming up against Oregon, I believe, uh, March 22nd. So still a little bit of time, about a month out before the first game. Uh, but hopefully lots of fans, lots of people out at the Patterson Baseball Complex this year because I think it's going to be a really another really fun season for the Gonzaga baseball team. We really appreciate the support. and mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Look for more baseball content, Locked on Zags. Uh, we're hopefully going to have a lot of opportunities to talk about this team, and they're going to do some really good stuff. So, Brandon, thank you again for coming on. Thanks, Andy. All right, that is going to do it for us today. Thanks to Brandon Harmon for coming on the show. You can follow Brandon on Twitter at Harmon26, and you can follow Gonzaga's baseball team at Zag Baseball. More baseball coverage coming your way, and, of course, plenty of basketball to discuss in the next coming weeks as well. All right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you have not already. Podcast links will also be available on Twitter at Locked On Zags and on my personal Twitter account, which if you are not following, you can find at ScoreZagsScore. Finally, thank you again to those of you who have made this podcast your first listen of the day. Now is a great time to make your second listen of the day, the Locked On Bets podcast. Locked on Bets is your daily one-stop shop for all of your sports gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags!